Well, hello, Calvary Church. I hope you're doing okay. I know these have been very unique days, and I hope that right now you find yourself experiencing some of God's joy in your life. Uh, Do all you can to focus on God's goodness and the Word of God. God has a plan for your life. He is a good God. He is a loving Father, and He, of course, is a caring friend, and He cares for you, and He cares for me right now. This past midweek, we talked about Psalm 91. I want to pick that up even again today, but I want to go real fast to John 16 and look at the life of Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about Jesus' perspective on difficulty. Listen to this, Psalm 6, or John 16, verse 33, and then Psalm 91. Here we go, John 16, verse 33. He says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Watch that wording there. You will have it, he says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Here we see a brief glimpse into how Jesus saw difficult times. He says, in this life, in this world, you will have tribulation. But listen, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Stay in me, stay in my peace, and you'll be okay. I promise you that. That's where he's sending them right there. Jesus had a clear awareness that this world will be filled with trials, tests, and tribulation. Everything he faced, we will face too. Equally so, he carried out a deep conviction that just as he overcame all those things, that we can overcome them as well. When we face difficult times in life, tribulation, tests, and trials, we need to return to the scripture and see what God's word says to us about those moments in life. It's already all in this book. It's all right here. Read this book and watch what God has to say about it. When you read this, remind yourself of the words of Jesus and his promises to us. And never forget that God promises to care for his own even during tribulation. You have a promise from God in this book that says when times are tough, when difficulty arises, when you face trials and tests and tribulation, you have a promise from God that he is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is for you, not against you, and he is on your side. And Jesus said to us in John 16, he said, listen guys, I've overcame this world and you can too. I am filled with faith in my heart right now that no matter what we face, God is for us, God's on our side. Jesus overcame and we can too. Now let's go to Psalm 91, verses one and two. Psalm 91, just the first two verses for our topic this weekend. He says this, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God, in him I will trust. I will dwell, I will dwell, I will trust. Notice those words, they're kind of like, kind of the bookends. I will dwell, I will trust. Where are you living at and who are you trusting in? Where do you live and where's your trust? Look at the words in this text. First of all, the word dwells, where you choose to abide, where you stay, where you stand, where you focus. What about this, the secret place, the shadows, of the Almighty, the stuff nobody else can see. Are you trusting God with the unknown? 
Do you stand firm in God's promises? Are you trusting God for the unknown? Listen, are you alert to the fact that he is the most high God? He is the almighty. He is Elion, which means he's the supreme being over everything. God is still in charge of everything. Come on, say it. God's in charge of everything. Say it again. Come on, say it. God's in charge of everything. That's right. Nothing we face in this life is beyond God's power. God is for us, and God's for us. Who or what can be against us? The answer is nothing because God's all powerful. When I look at this text in Psalms 91, I remind myself as the purpose of the text. This, of course, was written by Moses. It was reminiscent of their plague in Egypt. Think of this. One of the plagues in Egypt was the locust plague. And right now in East Africa, there's a major locust swarm going on. Just throw that out there just, just to think about for a second. Unique, probably. I don't know. Whatever you think. Just unique, certainly. But even in times like this, listen to me, God is still in charge. I remind myself that Moses gave this psalm to them for the purpose of reminding them what God had done for them. When I look at the Bible, the scripture is filled with examples of God protecting his people right in the middle of difficult times, plagues, problems, God takes care of his own. Just kick off in the scripture, a guy named Noah, he built an ark, storms on the outside, peace on the inside. Well, peaceful as could be with animals, no doubt, but he was better there than on the outside in the flood, certainly, right? So here's Noah. What about Moses in a basket? Pharaoh's going to kill all the Hebrew babies. Here goes Moses floating down the river. Think about this. The Hebrew boys in a blazing, fiery furnace. What should have killed them was a platform to elevate who God was. What about Joseph in a pit left for dead? From the pit to the palace, God's people always find protection right in the middle of difficult times. What about Daniel and the den of lions? He goes, he's pushing the den of lions. He's going to be eaten up alive, they thought for sure. Not hardly. They open the den back up and he's down there having Chick-fil-A with them. I mean, Daniel was sitting there ready to be devoured. They thought for certain, but he didn't do it at all. What about this? What about Israel and Egypt? Egyptians were dying all around them, and there stood God's people. The parting of the Red Sea, the swallowed Pharaoh's army pulled back for God's people. What about the Apostle Paul on a sinking ship? See, I could go on and on for hours with this conversation. The Bible is full of examples, filled with examples of God protecting his people in the middle of life's plagues and life's problems, because that's the kind of God that we serve. We may see it, we may hear it, but God's got our back. God's in charge of everything. When I look at the scripture, I have to remind myself that this is a text promised to God's people. And we have to ask ourselves a very simple question. Have I committed my life to God so that I can claim his promises? Now, here's a thought for you. You can't dwell under God's protection and at the same time, worry about the storms on the outside. When you choose to trust God, what you're saying is, I will exchange my fears for my confidence in who God is. I will look to God. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. No matter what I see around me, I know that God's in charge and God's a good God. When we see difficulty around us as believers in Christ, we have to use the word of God to sustain us. 
So how does that work? How does this book right here help me right now? I mean, this book doesn't necessarily feed you in the natural sense. It does in the spiritual sense. This book is, is limited in some areas. I get that naturally, but it's unlimited spiritually. But listen to me. Here's how the Word of God sustains you in difficult times. Number one, when you read the Word of God, it changes you by building your faith. It increases your faith. Secondly, it turns your focus to what matters the most And third, it helps you find your refuge in God. Listen close again. It builds your faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's a repetition to say, listen, keep reading. The more you read, the bigger your faith begins to grow. During these days of downtime and social distancing, I challenge you, get active right here. Open this book up every moment you can. Learn what God has to say and trust God to have the best for your life. What about your focus? So much going on around us, news conferences, press reports, this coming out, this Facebook feed, this text from a friend. I love the text that kick off by saying, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but just wanted to share it with you. Just think of our world today. How do we live in focused life? How do we live a focused life? Well, the Word of God does that for us. This book right here turns your focus onto Him, and when God's first, everything else falls in the right spot. What about this? This book helps us find our refuge in God. When you know what God has said, His promises, His proclamations, and the power He has, you can find your hope in Him every day. I love this. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And then it says, because he trusts in you. Look at that word, because. That's a cause and effect dialogue. Because I trust, I have peace. If I don't trust, I won't have peace. Because is a powerful word. Peace comes because we choose to trust in God. Now, In moments like this, we're all dealing with this together. There's two things that hit all of us. One is fear and the other is control. When they announce that stores will shut or this will be this way from now on or you can't go here and you can't go there, we have a sense of a loss of control. And just so you know, both of those things come from the deep part of our sin nature. In Genesis chapter three, man tried to take control over his own life. Adam said, hey, God, I know what you've said. I've heard the temptation, and I'm going to go this route because I don't want you to limit me. That's what Adam said. And man tried to take control. And because of that control, now Adam was fearful of God. The very first time in the Bible the word fearful or afraid is mentioned is Adam hiding from God. Because he tried to take control, now he's afraid of God. Now watch this. Deep within our sin nature is the idea of control and fear. The sin nature seeks to control, and when it seeks control, it resorts to fear. Now, tonight, today, next week, tomorrow, next year, whenever you're watching this, is it not true that by nature we like to control things, and if we can't control, we quickly become fearful of things? If I lose control, I'm afraid. 
Many of our phobias and fears in life simply come down to the idea of I can't control what's about to happen. I want to have the authority over my own life. And that's man's deepest desire is to be our own source, our own God. And God says to us in Psalm 91, listen, I'm all that for you. If you'll trust in me, I will take care of you. But you can't trust in me and try to take care of yourself. When I look at the scripture I'm reminded of this in the Bible of another time that God's people found themselves afraid. It's a story you've heard before. It's a story of a man named David and Goliath, a big giant and a shepherd boy. Israel's armies are out to fight this great battle. And this Philistine walks off the hillside and he begins to taunt them, threaten them. And here they are pinned down on the side of the hill afraid to go forward. He's calling out, send me your champion and I will defeat him and then we will take you all over. And so here they sit hunkered down. They are fearful, but they had forgotten God's promises. Fast forward to the back part of the first Samuel verse chapter 17 and we see David come on the scene. As you know, his his brothers were already there waiting and he's bringing lunch to them. He was back home working. He shows up on the scene. They're kind of mocking him saying, what are you doing here? And he comes out and he goes, who's this Philistine? What's this guy talking about? He hears that Goliath talking. He goes, guys, you're missing this. I'll go fight the man. Look at this in verse 33. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth. And he is a man of war from his birth and youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep And when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Pretty impressive warrior, huh? Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And this, watch this, this uncircumcised Philistine. That's important tonight to think about. What's that mean? Will be like one of them seeing as he's defied the armies of the living God. And moreover, David said to him, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And so Saul said to David, he said, go and the Lord be with you. In other words, he's saying, listen, I can't stop you. That's clear to me. Get on out of here and may God help you. David noticed something about Goliath that we have to see too. He knew he was a Philistine, which meant he was not inside God's covenant promise. And David points out to Saul and the people here in the conversation, he says, listen, I can beat this uncircumcised Philistine. What that means is this. That means that Goliath was outside of God's promises. Part of the covenant that God gave to Abraham, he'd be a mighty nation. Salvation would come through his people. And God sealed that covenant with the instruction of circumcision on all the males. And here we have Goliath. And here we have David. And David, when David says this uncircumcised Philistine, what he's saying is, this guy's outside the covenant. But listen, I'm inside the covenant. David knew the power of trusting God's word. When David went out, he went out not with a sword, not with a shield, not with a spear, with a slingshot and a rock. 
smooth stones that he picked up from a brook. Here he showed up to fight this mighty giant and he comes out not with great battle armor, not with this magnificent set of weaponry, but simply a covenant promise from God. And it simply was this, my God has promised that we're the lineage of Abraham and we have a promise through God sealed by the covenant that this guy doesn't have. David knew what God had said. I challenge you right now in these times, be certain that you know what God has said about your life. Hold fast to this book. God's promises are yes and amen, and God has a plan for your life and a plan for my life. Now look at the back part of the same chapter, verse 45, it says this, it says, then David said to the Philistines, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you. In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. In other words, I'm coming to you with these guys' boss. These guys over here scared to come out and fight you. I know their boss. I know their God. And I'm coming at you on his behalf, not on their behalf. I'm on his behalf, he says. And he says, then this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. Remember this, David cut off Goliath's head with Goliath's own sword, not David's sword. David didn't have a sword. He killed the enemy and took his own head with his own sword. What the enemy was gonna kill him with, he returned the favor back because God was on his side. When I think about this story in, in David's life, I'm reminded of the fact that David operated on God's promises. Nothing will sustain you right now like knowing the promises of God. I encourage you, dig in the word during these days and get filled up with the promises God has for your life. See, when we face a giant in this life, we don't hunker down. We stand on the promises of God. We stand firm knowing who God is. We stand in faith, believing and trusting in God, and we find our hope and our strength under his wings, under his covering, under his name, because that is the kind of God he is. When we face a battle in this life, we gotta remind ourselves that the battle is the Lord's. It is not ours, it is his. When you look at the scripture, the Bible is full of examples of this, and one of my favorite one is, Moses, and he's leading Israel out, and he comes to a pinch point. He says, God, if you don't come through, this is going to hurt your name. I'm giving you the slow paraphrase just for tonight's conversation. He says, God, if you don't come through, this is going to hurt your name. This is going to hinder who you are. And just think about that for a second. When you know what God has said, and you know how powerful God is, and you know God doesn't lie, but God keeps his word, Anything God has said, God will do. And all we have to do is step back and let God do what he wants to do and know that he's in charge and we are not. And from that point of confidence, that's how David knew that he would be victorious because he knew what God had said. Why was he the first guy to think about that? Everybody else on the hillside, even the king on the hillside, talking, stressing, worrying. No one wanted to go. But this little boy that came out of nowhere, this shepherd boy that came out of nowhere, this youth that came out of nowhere, walks up and says, hey guys, you're forgetting something. We have a promise. We have a God that has said this. 
And this guy out here, he may be big, he may be bold, he may have a sword, but he is not under the same covenant that we are. We have God on our side and he doesn't have that. I think we can win this battle. Let me tell you right now, sickness and disease and even death does not have power over God. God has all powerful. He's all powerful. He's all, he's all knowing of everything that needs to happen right now in your life. And God is with you and God is for you. Never forget this. God's a mighty warrior and he can take anything he chooses and he could take it out of your life and my life, even right now. Walk right now in the promises that God has for your life. Let me give you one more verse and I'm going to say it to you. And I want you to think about this and we'll come back at the end and proclaim this together. It's Psalm 27, 13. It says, I would have lost heart unless, unless I had believed. All of us have to pause right now and ask ourselves, what are we believing? And then he said this, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord, not when I die, not in eternity, but I would see his goodness, watch this, in the land of of the living. I would have lost heart unless, unless, think about that, I had believed that I would see the goodness of God, not tomorrow, not next year, but right now. Think of it this way. Think of your life. All that's going on, I'm going through this just like you are. We're in this together. You know, in life, we always face difficult times. But in most cases, we face them by ourselves because someone else has a different difficulty than we do. The unique thing is that right now, we're all pretty much in the same spot. We're all pretty much in the same tension point in life. But don't forget this, we all serve the same God. He's a God that's faithful. He's a God that loves us. And right now, I challenge you, let's come under his wings Let's believe that we will see his goodness in the land of the living. And let's believe that right now we can trust that God has all things under his control and his power. He's not taken back by this. God's got this and God's a good God. Let me just ask you right now, what are you believing? Who are you believing? Are you like David? Are you quoting God's promises? Because that's how he killed the giant. Not because he had... Anything else, he had the confidence because he knew what God had said, not, not because he thought he could do it by himself. He didn't think he was that strong and powerful. That's why he took a slingshot thing. I can't get close to this guy. I'm going to do this. And, and I know the human nature has both faith and belief and then some kind of human side to us kind of doubts ourselves. And David walked forth with boldness and clarity. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm David, I'm going to take the least possible contact method I can. I'm going to take a slingshot because if I don't hit the guy right, I can outrun him. That's what I'm thinking right now to myself. But I can imagine as, as David let that sling go and that rock take off across that field and it hit Goliath and took him down. I can imagine David going, God, you did it. He knew it wasn't him. He knew it was God. And that gave David the power to make it happen. Are you trusting yourself right now? Are you trusting the name of the Lord God, the Most High God, the omnipotent, omniscient, all-powerful God? Is that who you place your trust in right now? Because if you do,
then you know God's got this and you're gonna be okay. I never know who's watching a service like this, but I wanna pause and give you a chance to make a decision for Jesus Christ right now. No matter where you are in your proximity, if you're in a living room somewhere or sitting in a parking lot somewhere, watching on line somewhere, I have no idea where you are right now, but God's with you. If there's any doubt in your life right now, if you die tonight, if you'd make it to heaven, pray this prayer and receive the free gift called salvation. Are you ready to pray? I'll pray it with you. You pray by faith. Believers out there, pray this prayer with us. Let's all elevate our faith right now. I'm gonna pray. You ready to pray? Come on, let's go say, Father God, I thank you right now for giving Jesus to be my savior. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Tonight, I confess I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I thank you for forgiving all of my sins. And I announce you and I declare you as the risen son of God, my savior and my Lord. In your name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer right now and meant in your heart, you've received the free gift that God has for you called salvation. Be sure to reach out. Let us know you prayed that prayer. Make a comment, send an email, contact the church. We want to celebrate and cheer for you for what God's done in your life. God's a good God. Now let's go back real fast to my scripture and let's say this out loud together. Come on, say it right there where you are. Psalm 27, 13. Say it with me. Come on, say, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Remember, God's a good God. God's got this. All things will work out for your good and his glory in God's time. Can I bless you real fast? Hand up high. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his love surround you. May his grace flow through you. And may you walk today in the promises of God. God bless you. I'll see you soon here at Calvary Church.